all right. Well, here it is then. Heaven forbid. Parents question what Big Pharma wants to pump into our kids. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Everyone I know has been vaccinated for decades and everything is fine. Well, if you think anti-vax is crazy, then unfriend me! You know, those just get better and better, the way you scream those out. I just can't wait until we've done this for like two years and somebody puts together the super cut. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the best part of the show, you only need the first five seconds. Really, truly. Um, that was awesome. And I don't know how you beat that one, but I'm sure you'll figure out a way next week. It is the Unfriend Me Show. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. And uh, we're here to talk about hard topics, socially important issues things of the day and you know what you might say justin is somebody might swoop into this today and hear it live and go oh they must be talking about uh the, the sexual misconduct scandals that must be what they're doing today nope nope we're not so you're yeah. gonna, you tell people what we're up to what's going on well uh as we as you mentioned up top we're going to be talking about something uh not controversial at all which is uh, uh the movement of anti-vax uh which uh, purports that there are uh, problems with what we are vaccinating our kids with, uh, including the modern controversy that there is a link to autism, mm. uh, as as is uh, purported by people in the in the world. Uh, Andrew Wakefield specifically. We're going to go through all that. We're going to talk about the origins of uh, of problems with vaccinations and. Some uh, surprising, uh, the, the, the surprising history, I, I think, behind it, which is something that kind of changed my opinion a little bit. Oh, look at that. All right. Some controversial stuff. Some in the chat room have pointed out that there is no uh, controversy. There is only, what was the word? Oh, I forgot already. They say it's, it's controversial, but not complicated. Oh, yeah, that's oh, what okay. it is. All right. Also, uh, thank you. Thank you, person who's been texting me and emailing me and tweeting me that exact same point since we mentioned that we were talking about this. <laughs> Just trust us. For I mean, come on, man. We have, we have, we've, I think we have done our best navigating the minefields of some of the most heady issues of the day, uh, uh, historically, currently, and going forward in the future. Just at least let us do the episode before you sure. just hit us with the the uh, flaming hot take of vaccines help people. Don't worry. Give us some time. Yeah. Uh, give me a minute. I'll bet you everything will turn out lovely. I think it'll be fine. And we have earned that. We've earned it. When I come in here, you didn't. You don't hear us come in here and take... Like, that thing at the top of the show is all for funsies. We don't actually take these positions necessarily. It may actually coincide once in a while. But, but we're not here to go, all right, Justin, you're pro vaccination i'll be anti yeah. we're not doing that that's not the show that isn't the show it's not the show it's no. not the show all right well here is the show that we did last week and that was about edward snowden uh we got some some really pointed you know this was an interesting uh, episode because i think we got less feedback but it was very pointed mm -hmm. the people that were interested in this had a lot of really strong opinions here was the first one from chris I was in the Navy as an intelligence analyst, and my first duty station was in England. When I went to London, my entire day was recorded by CCTV cameras on every street in every tube station. Look what's happening in Spain. Do we think that there is an intelligence being collected on both sides of that issue? So when Snowden broke the news, uh, no, uh, knowing what I know, my first reaction was, well, duh, of course the U.S. is spying on us. 
I think people were shocked at the scope of the tactics used, and it wasn't, quote-unquote, just the bad guys, unquote, that were being spied on. But I guess my TLDR on this is show me a a technologically advanced nation that isn't spying on their own people. Uh, Also, to add to that, that there's no such thing as a time or an era in human history, recorded human history, where the technology of the day, whether that's a dude sneaking around outside your, uh, you know, your, your clay hut, all the way till, you know, wiretapping today or whatever you want to talk about today, it's always been happening. They've always been interested in what the citizenry is doing and they got to make sure that everything's on tap and, and, and going according to plan. The big difference now is uh, we're not just subjected to it. We are part of it in that that same internet that's used to get, gather information or gain information is the same internet you and I send email on. So in a lot of ways, we are all on the same spy boat and it's just a matter of knowing how the tools uh, that, that are already at our disposal for various reasons are also being used against us. So it's just, t- uh, you know, time and memoriam, folks. This is how it goes. Daryl wrote in, says, when you take that job, you agree to many things, meaning the job of uh, being a part of uh, you know, the, NSA. the NSA. You sign contracts and make promises in writing. If you go back on that, you violate those agreements and betray those agreements Uh, And those result in large fines and imprisonment. These consequences are made extremely clear when you are agreeing in writing. It's an if-then kind of agreement. It's very black and white. There's no debate about it. It's the ultimate NDA. If you violate it, you know where it's, or sorry, you know what's coming. I have no sympathy for that guy, no matter if I agree with his personal viewpoints or not. You're driving down a road and you come to a fork uh, with a checkpoint. You are told turning left is safe. You are told that turning right leads to a sheer cliff and the road is lined by landmines and turning right will lead to nothing but terrible things, including death. You sign an agreement and proceed past the checkpoint. You take right fork fork and die. What did you expect in all caps? There's not even a question. As far as being a whistleblower, there are already those on the inside. It's not a machine. Uh, It's people like you and me. Dead in the street? No. Arrested like everyone else who breaks the law? Yes. Death penalty? Maybe. It depends on the harmfulness of the leaked info. Uh, that came from Daryl, so, who's got some actual insight on this stuff and has worked in he works he works in a place where he has to sign documents like this. Yeah, you know, and and it actually it actually made me think of this other idea of of uh, the death penalty, which I, I don't know if we if it's politically possible to execute somebody for treason mm. these days. Mm. Like you would have to be you know, like a, a senator would have to join ISIS or something like that. Like, like it would have to be one of like the biggest, most insane kind of betrayals of the country ever. And, and, you know, even Snowden for what he did, I certainly think the concept of him spending the rest of his life in prison might have been the case, but the idea that he would uh, be, be killed for it, uh, although certainly is in the realm of possibility you look at how hard it is to kill anybody uh, with, with, with the death penalty in some states. It's I think that would be hard. Uh, but he makes a good point. Look, the no matter what you think, you sign up for these certain things. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, those consequences might have been the reason why he decided to uh, GTFO to China and now Russia. <laughs> uh, Davro, do you know what uh, what else used to be illegal? And you have to, quote unquote, face the music over. Smuggling black folks up here to Canada via the Underground Railroad to escape literal slavery. That was considered theft, and you can go to jail for it. Just because uh, something 
is illegal doesn't mean that it's wrong. And all great societal movements, uh, movements forward have famously broken laws or rules eerily just like this. Dav, uh, congratulations. You get the unfriend me hot take award for <laughs> Edward Snowden is Harriet Tubman. Yeah, well done. Um, I think he has a point, though. And any true, uh, you know, whatever, history's written by the winners. You hear that all the time. But any true revolution, in some cases, big evolution in societal norms, often does come on the back of somebody uh, spitting in the face of authority and or breaking the laws around whatever it is they're doing. And now those things are seen as as just fine and okay. So he's not. Yes, he's yes not, and. Yeah. Yes, and. Yes. Like, when it, there's degrees to these things. Yes, thank right? you. There are degrees. Like, like in in the case of, like, absolutely, these are false equivalencies. You cannot say <laughs> smuggling black folk up to Canada to save them from slavery and therefore breaking the law, I don't think is on the same plane of conversation as Snowden leaked a bunch of documents and fled the country. It's just not the same. Now, you could say yeah. it's, it's two separate groups or individuals, of, uh, however you want to look at it, groups of people or individuals making choices based on their conscience. That maybe is where the parallel is, and I don't doubt that that both sides would claim that and maybe even mean that, but they're not the same. It's not the same stuff. But he, but I understand his point, and I think it's 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 a worthy uh, worthy opinion. Someone that called anonymous, ooh, we don't know if it's the hackers or not, wrote in and said, probably not. My job is to process access to information requests. My opinion on Snowden is that he did a good thing, but poorly. He related or stated his reviewed, uh, sorry, he stated his, uh, he reviewed the records and only released what was necessary to blow the whistle on the surveillance. But his interview with John Oliver contradicts this. I forgot he talked to John Oliver. Yeah, John Oliver went out to Russia. Totally forgot about that. He likely looked at the records at a document level, not a line-by-line -line read of the information. My job requires me to work word by word at the records to make a recommendation regarding the release of government records. I can tell you uh, from experience, a document may appear to be about one thing, but works uh, uh, but works are a lot more like horizontally integrated these days. That's interesting. I think he wrote that wrong. Yeah, he didn't he didn't look at this document very closely. Uh, anyway, almost anything can appear in any record. The journalist he released. Uh, information too did not redact the records in a responsible way and he put lives in danger as a result he is accountable for the collateral damage he could have caused or may have caused um that's an interesting point um i mean i don't know man we can nitpick this thing down to the down to the wire but I, I feel like in our conversation we did a pretty good job of looking at what the facts are as we know them and there are sweeping judgments to be made about snowden there are micro judgments to be made what I would love to see, and I said it last week and I still say it now, I would love to see a scenario where he is granted some sort of guarantee of not amnesty, but the ability to walk in here and face the 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 music. Uh, face and, a trial. Yeah, face a trial and a fair one and not be gunned down for no reason or not be immediately shot or hanged or any of those things that he may fear. I don't know if he fears those or not, but... Reasonable, reasonable protection, so he could come and that due process be due process. That's what well, that's, I would like. And that's yeah. You know, the, the reason why I kind of pushed back against the Harriet Tubman thing was that, like, the I don't think anybody would be making the argument that we shouldn't have rules in protecting state secrets, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like that does seem like a reasonable thing to be able to ask when you have an intelligence gathering community that is supposed to look out for the best interests of the nation. Uh, the, the issue here is more 
what is the most responsible? How should we responsibly process whistleblowers? Right. And did Snowden act in good faith as we normally respond to whistleblowers? Now, uh, or, and I think this is a valid point, has the security state grown so large and so powerful that we can't reasonably ask people to act the way that we would act, ask other whistleblowers to do if you were just, you know, saying that your boss is leaking, you know, toxic chemicals into your coffee supply or something like right. that. Right. Now, more importantly, though, would we even have Edward Snowden or would he have perished from smallpox or polio <laughs> or some other horrible measles even because he wasn't vaccinated as a child? I think this is a great lead into what will be a discussion about the anti-vaccine movement, the history of it, and so on. Justin, take it away. Absolutely. And we are going to talk about all of it. Uh, uh, afterward, uh, we are going to uh, take your calls. So get ready. 801-285-9395. That is 801-285-9395. Go ahead and put it in your phone right now just so you uh, are able to just hit a button. If you're in your car or at work and you just want to run to the bathroom, pretend like you're pooping while you're really calling the show. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about anti-vax. All right. Let's do now, it. So here's the thing that I found out, because I've always thought that the uh, I've understood the anti-vaxxing movement, as I'm sure many of the people listening to us have understood it, which is a fairly modern thing. W would you agree that, that you kind of look at it as like, all right, we had this understanding of vaccinations and then all of a sudden Andrew Wakefield and Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey started showing up, getting on the front page of People magazine. And, and now all of a sudden people are. Uh, taking up arms and not vaccinating their kids because that's how i kind of understood it did, did, did you understand it the same way that was entirely my understanding as well i never heard anything but from from being a child growing up having my own children in the 90s uh raising them through the 90s and the aughts and and even now my my hearing during all of that was you've got to vaccinate your kids people that don't vaccinate their kids are being lazy and uh, and horrible and are probably going to get their kids sick, killed. And not only that, but uh, potentially uh, make other people as sick or sicker because now you're introducing, uh, you know, a hot measles case into the population that hasn't had measles for very long because, again, they're all vaccinated and things tend to mutate and blah, 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 blah. So that was the story I had heard since I was young enough to understand it or old enough to understand it. All yeah. the way up through a point I want to say was like the mid, it feels like mid 2000s, like 04, 05 or something. And then suddenly there was all this talking and barking about the causing autism or causing other problems, yeah. or it's just a big fakery to, to screw money out of people. It's a big conspiracy. Like all of that seemed to happen way into the, into the 2000s. I'm well out of my, my growing up and my initial childbearing years. So in my hasty, uh, uh, and I think we, we, I, I, I did this. This was a little bit longer. This is more three hours of of uh, random googling uh, that I did for this episode. And and uh, the the big thing that I found that really did change my understanding of it was that uh, anti-vax goes back literally as far as vaccinations themselves. Uh, uh, widespread smallpox vac vaccinations began in early eighteen, in the early eighteen hundreds, following Edward Jenner's cowpox experiments. For some parents, the smallpox vaccine itself induced fear and protest immediately. It included, uh, so this is the vaccination process back in the day, included scoring the flesh of a child's arm, Jeez. inserting a limp from the blister of a person who had been vaccinated about a week earlier, and uh, <laughs> objections included but were not limited to 
the clergy, which believed that the vaccine that the vaccine was unchristian because it came from an animal. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. All right. So because the general idea was, I mean, uh, the, the, the cowpox va- uh, cowpox vaccine was how they uh, figured out that they could vaccinate for smallpox, but that's not where it uh, where, where it ended. You know, uh, anti anti vaccinators. Uh, and their discontent for the smallpox vaccine reflected the general distrust in medicine and in Jenner's idea about disease spread. Suspicious of, of the vaccine's efficiency, some skeptics alleged that smallpox resulted from decaying matter in the atmosphere. Uh, lastly, many people objected to vaccination because they believed it violated their personal liberty, a tension that worsened as the government de- developed mandatory vaccine policies, including the Vaccination Act of 1853 in England. That's hardcore. I didn't realize any of that. Um, now, I understand whenever there's like a new medical technique or a new whatever, people people get nervous. And, uh, you know, antibiotics, same thing. You know, uh, penicillin comes along. And I, and I remember uh, studying this in college. There was a lot of freak out by people who were like, how can this be? There's, this isn't possible. It's not proven enough yet. Uh, you're talking about inserting, you're putting mold into people. How can you put mold yeah. into someone? It will just make them ill. And, you know, there was all this stuff. So... I guess I'm not surprised, but I feel like by the time I was a youth, um, that all had been worked out and everybody had gotten past it. Like, I don't I don't recall anything in the very late 70s and all of the 80s when I was coming up that I that I I never heard anything that said, careful, that's the these vaccinations are going to give you the the heebie jeebie. Right. Well, listen, I mean, uh, anti vaccine le- uh, uh, vaccine leagues popped up in the United States uh, uh, toward the end of the 19th century after smallpox outbreaks in the United States led to vaccine campaigns. So basically, whenever we've seen a rise in vaccines, we have seen a rise in pushback against it. It, it seems to just be the way of the world when it when it, when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, 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 two other leagues, the New England Anti-Compulsory Vaccine uh, Vaccination League and the Anti-Vaccination League of New York City. Followed in nineteen, or sorry, eighteen eighty two and eighteen eighty five, uh, and and these kind of things continued. Really, the next flare up we see of this is in the seventies after the DP the DTP immunization uh, erupted in Europe. This was a vaccine uh, to prevent diphtheria, tennis, and pertussis uh, that uh, uh, eventually did kill people. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Great, so a little ammo for the. Uh the anti-vaxxers <laughs> yeah well i mean listen uh, th- this is so here's where where my kind of understanding of this sort of evolved as we as i looked at it in a more historical context number one whenever you get when you start to mix the the venn diagrams of needles medicine and children mm-hmm. you're going to get controversy right like there is just going to be an element of the population that distrusts authority, that distrusts medicine, and wants, to, and, and I think has a very relatable idea that they want to, uh, they want to protect their kids. You know, this is the the oldest possible biological instinct, right? Mm-hmm. Is 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 stay away from my kids. I want my kids to be healthy. And when the pathway to that is, let me inject sickness into your child so they will not be as sick you are going to get pushback right i that's the funny thing about all of this is i'm a i'm a i'm a big believer in the scientific method and uh you know sourcing your way to finding the actual truth of things and when it comes to vaccinations 
I have always been assured of where we were at with them at the time they were given either to me or to my children. Um, yeah. However, if you just look at it in a vacuum of this like raw idea that I'm going to give you a disease to cure you of a disease and who's doing that? It's just some guy who's not really related to you. He's not part of your family. He doesn't have any invested <laughs> interest in your kid. Like I understand the fear as, a, as well, irrational and- as it might be. I want those people to know that a, you're being irrational, but B, I understand irrational fear when it comes to your kids. I get it. I've had it. I understand it. I have it now. Sometimes I have irrational fears about, this, here's a dumb one for you. Nick's phone died yesterday for no reason, just melted and died. Yeah. Um, I have become accustomed as a, as his dad to be able to get a hold of him and his sisters anytime I need to find them to make sure they're okay. They can get a hold of me if they need me to pick them up. Like all of those uh, extra measures of safety and assurance came with that technology. And now I don't have it with him. He's at school today and he's in school in the way that I was in school growing up. Didn't need a phone, did just fine, got home on time, got everything done. It was fine. So I shouldn't worry about it. Yet there is a little irrational parent in me that says, oh, my gosh, what if today's the day somebody kidnaps him? He gets run over. He falls uh, off the side of the cliff and no one knows where he went. Like dumb ideas, irrational ideas uh, come to parents all the time. It's part of what makes parenting um, work is because we are vigilant. And sometimes that vigilance goes too far. So I just want those people to know you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. But I understand it and I get why you feel that way. All right. That's well, let's take a look at the modern, the modern controversy. It is started by a man in England. Looks like England really is, by the way, the source of all these problems. Uh, you know, granted, that's where the, the, the smallpox vaccine and really the modern birth of vaccines, uh, which also let me state here for the record. So it is crystal clear. In fact, I would ask anybody who is watching us live at twitch.tv slash frogpants to please clip this out and, and provide it to me on Twitter so anybody who says that we are providing too much context or clouding the issue can have this tweeted right back to them. Vaccines are, if not the most important medical discovery of in the, the entire history of humanity, close to it it's probably that and penicillin something like that right yep. it is a fundamental building block for why we have been able to grow and expand as a human race why we are a a, a testament uh, galaxy wide for all we know <laughs> of of what a a race of beings can do we have helped ourselves tremendously and part of that is herd immunity for which demands a certain element of vaccination End of statement. All right. <laughs> I believe that without question. Same. So I, I, I sign I sign your document as well. I am all up in that. All right. It's out there. So now that we've said that, can we all understand that understanding a controversy makes us better and smarter? In fact, talking about these kinds of things and dissecting them for what they are is what many like to consider the scientific method. <laughs> So for everybody who wants to say, I'm scienceman. Look at me. I'm Edward Scienceman. And I and I uh, shut up about vaccines. You just vaccine them. That's what you do. I go to science school. <laughs> shut up. We can talk about these things and we can understand them better. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more and, or said it better. So, yes, that is exactly. Actually, you know what? Clip that out and make it the mantra for what this show is, period. 
like, my God. Straight up, is this it, is what we're doing. Everybody yelling, vaccinate, vaccinate. I get it. Okay. I understand. Right. We can also talk about why these people are fighting about stuff. We can understand the context of these so we can be better humans. Now, if I came to you, though, Justin, and I said, well, the reason I'm so upset, I'll just take, uh, I'm just going to play role play a little bit. The reason I'm so upset about this is because actual lives are affected. Actual lives hang in the balance. If somebody is even given an inch of doubt, then they literally not only put their own children at risk, uh, their own lives at risk, but the lives of the herd immunity uh, uh, folks that depend on the herd immunity as well. And uh, so you can't even go near the edge of of uh, trying to understand these people because if even one person changes their mind, why we have a you've got dead child blood on your hand. Then I, I believe you are anti-science, and I mean that. I mean that very, very, very specifically. I believe that that is the death of actual critical thinking and understanding is to adhere even to something that is factually correct. Yeah. To, to adhere to a dogma that we will not revisit and talk about with whomever asks. That to me is the the burden that you carry. If you want to actually believe that we can uh, uh, evolve as a people, not to mention the fact that I don't think that we're attracting people into the tent by saying, shut up, you're stupid. Shut up. Believe things that I believe, you idiot. Hey, idiot. Why are you killing your kids, you idiot kid killer? <laughs> like, I don't think that that really makes us, brings our herd immunity up. I agree. Just 100%. me. 100% agree. I think it's just you, just me, and a lot of other people as well. All right. So All right. bring us current because what's happening today? Like, I there was well, a time, is, right? The autism thing is a thing. I'm not making that up, right? No, no, no. This is where it comes from. Andrew Wakefield, British. I'm just going to hear. I'm going to move into another element of dogma. These British people are ruining everything. Yeah. Andrew Wakefield uh, uh, from, uh, from the UK uh, published a paper on February 28th, 1998. Uh, he it was co-authored by 12 other folks. About 12 children with autism was published in The Lancet. In it, the authors claim to have identified a new syndrome that they called intercolitis, uh, raising the possibility of a link between a novel form of bowel disease, autism, and the MMR vaccine. The authors noted that the parents of eight of the 12 children uh, linked were described as, quote, behavioral symptoms, end quote, with MMR, and reported that the onset of these symptoms began within two weeks of the MMR vaccine. MMR means measles, mumps, and rubella. Mm. In the uh, published Lancet summary known as the interpretation, the authors wrote, quote, we identified associated gastrointestinal disease and developmental regression in a group of previously normal children, which was generally associated in time with possible environmental triggers. Mm. But now when this uh, happened in 98, they, I mean, this this lands on a uh, uh, on you know other doctors. They're reading journals. They're hearing about this. They're talking about this. The general public doesn't have any idea until an ex Playboy model got up and started yelling stuff, right? <laughs> well, yes, and, and we will and we will get to that. Jenny McCarthy became a big supporter of Andrew Wake, uh, Wakefield's research. However, it was only really after people started to push back on his initial. Uh, uh, his, his his initial paper. Uh, Wakefield continued conducting cl uh, clinical research in the United States after leaving the Royal Free Hospital in December 2001. He joined a, uh, a controversial American researcher, Jeff uh, Bradstreet, at the International Child Development Resource Center to conduct further studies on the possible relationship between the MMR vaccine and autism. 
In 2004, Wakefield started at the Thoughtful House Research Center in Austin, Texas. Wakefield uh, served as the executive director of Thoughtful House until February 2010, when he resigned in the wake of findings against him and the uh, British General Medical Council. Mm. In February 2004, controversy resurfaced when Wakefield was accused of a conflict of interest. Brian Deere, writing in the Sunday Times, reported that some of the parents of the 12 children of the study in the Lancet were recruited via a UK lawyer preparing a lawsuit against MMR manufacturers and the Royal Free Hospital had received 55,000 pounds from the UK's legal aid board to pay for the research. This leads to a retraction. 10 of Wakefield's uh, 12 co-authors of the paper in the Lancet later published a retraction of the interpretation. A section of the paper uh, uh, read as follows uh, that we that we read before. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, they uh, uh, stated in their retraction, we wish to make it clear in this paper that there was no casual link established between the vaccine and autism as the data was insufficient. However, the possibility of such a link was raised and consequent, event, consequent events have had major implications for public health. In view of this, we consider now is the appropriate time that we should together formally retract that interpretation placed upon those findings in the paper. Mm. All right. A lot of, you know, the mumbo and the uh, jumbo sorry. in there from the doctors, but the idea being that... Um, sorry, uh, causal. Causal, not casual. Oh, casual. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, cause, cause, like a causal link, meaning... Uh, like, 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 like uh, causation. Uh, causality. Yeah. So it, it caused it. Yeah. yeah. I also like casual. Also, it's uh, super cash, brah. <laughs> hey, man, we're just getting this MMR shot, and then we're going to cause autism. No big whoop. Yeah, it's easy to read it that way because English is weird. Anyway, yeah. um, so, okay, fine. More doctors uh, coming in going, well, hold on, everybody. No, not so fast. Uh, uh, they address it the way doctors do. Still, the general public probably not too informed. A few well, people here is, and there. Yeah. So autism becomes, I mean, remember, uh, uh, this this whole controversy is inextricably linked with autism. And autism is something that we really did not fully even diagnose until past the 70s. I mean, and people were still electrocuting kids with autism, thinking that there was just some issue with it or blaming mm -hmm. parenting for the behavior that we now understand is a, a spectrum, right? Well, yeah. which is not a binary thing that there are elements of, uh, you know, uh, autism in, in many, many people that are functioning and not fun and, and, and less functioning, not not functioning uh, uh, throughout society. So as we become more aware of this on a widespread popular level, now this sort of research becomes more of a hot button issue. Yeah, that's a really that's a really important point, because when I was growing up, if you knew a kid with autism, he didn't have autism. He was a weird kid. Like, that's yeah. the most we knew. He likes to be with himself, or he gets really upset for no reason, or he uh, is really smart and plays music really well, but can't seem to date girls at all. Like, what's up with him? Like, that's how we saw those guys, because that's all we had. It's this ignorant yeah. position. But but I had never really considered that the the more recent understanding of what autism is, and it's still a a, a progression of understanding for that. We're still getting places. I've got two nephews. Um a niece, all in this boat, uh, of various uh, you know levels of this. I would argue that that autism is starting to look like a very uh, granular um, understanding of everyone because we all have like uh, quirks, strengths, weaknesses, 
tendencies, and it puts us kind of all on a much larger spectrum. And the autistic, the autistic spectrum is this interesting subset, and we're just understanding it more and more every day. But in my head, it was never that, oh, the rise of that understanding has coincided with the rise of this of the vax understanding or misunderstanding. And that's, that's fascinating to me. So here's where it breaks into the mainstream fire marshal bill and the lady from singled out, uh, uh, who were dating at the time, uh, and Jenny McCarthy's son at the time, she believed had autism, uh, uh, issued this statement. Uh, it is our most sincere belief that Dr. Wakefield and the parents of children with autism around the world are being sub uh, subjected to a remarkable media campaign engineered by vaccine manufacturers reporting on the retraction of a paper published in the Lancet in 1998 by Dr. Wakefield and his colleagues. And so we have the birth of what I can best explain in this short amount of real estate that we have is the fight that you are seeing in mommy Facebook groups on Facebook uh, 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 that, you know, to this very moment, which is we have a distrust for big pharma we have the rise of autism. We have the idea that they are telling you to get something that might harm your kid. And Dr. Wakefield, Andrew Wakefield is at the center of this. Uh, Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey are part of what makes this a bigger thing, a bigger, wider argument and discussion. Yeah. And it rages even to uh, uh, recently, I believe it was uh, two years ago, vaxxed an investigation, uh, a documentary investigating how the CDC changed a government agency charged with protecting the health of American citizens destroyed data on a 2004 study that showed a link between the MMR vaccine and autism. Uh, this alarming deception, this is a quote, uh, this is how the, the movie describes itself. Right. This alarming deception has contributed to the skyrocketing increase of autism, potentially the most catastrophic epidemic of our time. This was pulled from the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, I believe two years ago, by, oh, I remember that. The, uh, by the head of that film festival, Robert De Niro. This is, yeah, 2016, last year, this documentary was pulled from the, from the film festival, and it centers around, guess who? Andrew Wakefield. Yeah, it's shocking. Also, uh, uh, there's been recent controversy as to whether or not, because he's older now, uh, some uh, there's a, a ragey conspiracy on the other side of this issue saying that Jenny McCarthy's son never had autism, that it was never he was never on any discernible spectrum, and that that was uh, just her describing you know her quirky kid at the time, but that he's not actually on the scale, and that she is responsible. Like people really lay at her feet, uh, you know, the deaths of of, of potentially thousands, maybe more uh, people who decided not to get their kids vaccinated because she said don't or Jim Carrey said yeah. don't. Um, and now there's this thing where she, and she's slamming these reports, but uh, there are people out there saying her son is not autistic and never was. And so why are we listening to her? And there we go. Is, is that about how you understand this now? And, 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 and before we take everybody's calls, uh, which, uh, get ready because we are about to do it. Uh, uh, what is your, well, here, you want to know what? You want to just open it up and we'll... Let's we'll open it up. Of, I will I will say this. The, the the calls are now open. Call that number you see on your screen, 801-285-9395. If you're listening to audio only, you can still call that number and get in. Uh, just use any old phone and it'll work. 801-285-9395. The only thing I would say as a, as a parent, and Justin, who I believe is a future parent, he may not know that, but I believe he will have kids one day <laughs> and they're going to be rad. Uh, 
Here's what I would say. Oh, before I do that, we do have a call, and I don't want to make them wait. Let's take this call, and then I'll, I'll come on the other side of this thing uh, with my parent take, my hot parent take. Uh, let's see. We have someone on, maybe. Did they hang up? Nope. Maybe. Nope, they're there. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is DK Rice. Well, hello, DK. How, How you are doing, you? man? How's it going? Right, do you play a Death Knight in World of Warcraft? Is that correct? Ah, uh, no, actually, he sits at eighty-five. Oh, <laughs> well, I was I was close. Anyway, and we'll stay there. What's your uh, What's your hot take on the vaccination discussion? Okay, I'm a father of six boys. Wow, I have, yeah, ranging from six to twenty years old. My youngest is on low spectrum or has a low diagnosed low spectrum autism. Never once has a doctor ever brought up the fact that it had anything to do with an immunization. And we've looked it up. We've done our research. We looked online. We've consulted with tons of pediatricians. And the most, the biggest explanation we've gotten is that with the amount of children we've had and something to do with eggs and reproductive cycle and my wife being older than I, Mm. um, and this is just your that, your, had more, your that had more to do with it. And mm-hmm. what heats me up is that there are our school has or our elementary school has sends home mandatory you have to get your child vaccinated and all this other information or all this other literature about this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And what upsets me is when you hear parents talking like oh, I'm not taking my kid to get this vaccination, I'm gonna fill out the form and I'm like you're not every you understand that if your kid contracts this, you're now bringing it into a school. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And with, with this group mob mentality that we seem to get where one person does it, especially in, I live in an area where keeping up with the Joneses is very big. So mob mentality, unfortunately forms really quickly here. Mm. So I, I, I looked at him and said, you bring your kid into the school, you're affecting other people. And it, and I, posted in the chat room doubt should never inspire irrational fear mm. but should be the catalyst for scientific thought mm. and discovering ways sure. to destroy doubt sure i totally get yeah. where you're coming from and i would mm. say great by the way six boys freaking hats off to you geez louise that sounds like hard work but also um, i know it sounds like a basketball team this is great that he brought this up uh from his perspective uh, uh, as a parent with a um with a son on the scale um, so he's got, you know, he's got the, the, the reason to wonder right there, but he has decided to take that reason to wonder or that doubt and, and do his own research. Now that's kind of leading to what I was going to say before. And that is that as a parent, uh, it, th- where the comp, where it gets more complicated is it starts to move away from, should I vaccinate my children to w- when do parents have the right to make a choice and when can that be taken away by the state? So that that's an important part of this, and I think should at least be mentioned. Someone's probably going to bring it up anyway, but it may as well be me. Um, as a parent, I don't like to be told how to parent my kids. Yeah. Um, but there's a kind of a greater good argument with the herd, the the whole herd immunization uh, thing, and so I understand that as well. And I also am a big believer in uh, the fact that vaccinations save lives and prolong life and all those other things. Uh, so it's uh, that can be the reason parents dig in sometimes. Not so much that they're adamant that vaccination is going to give all their kids autism, but that they do not like to be told what to do. 
and they feel like the well-being or decision to not vaccinate their child, which they may think or believe is for their well-being, is still their yeah. choice and not the choice of the state or the federal government. And that's a part of this, whether we like that or not. You know what I mean? Uh, no, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, here, uh, here's something that somebody wrote in and then they wanted to be anonymous because they knew that this was obviously not going to be necessarily a place where a, a argument for uh, anti-vaccination was going to be well heard. But he wrote in and said, first, let me say historically vaccines have been great. Cured polio and whatnot, all great stuff. Closed document, new, new file. Uh, modern pharmaceutical companies are the worst. They know that no sane person would ever question something marketed as a vaccine, and anyone crazy enough to question it will immediately be shouted down. Enter Nabby Biopharmaceuticals and their anti-smoking vaccine, quote-unquote, Nickfax. You know, the cure for the disease known as smoking. <laughs> for the sake of brevity, I'm not going to list countless other examples of pharmaceutical companies unethically marketing dubious medications as vaccines. Is there any wonder that, quote-unquote, crazy people have trust issues? I get the anger toward people who don't want to vaccinate their kids, but shouting them down isn't helping anyone. And maybe, just maybe, those crazies have a point. Yeah, I, it's that's a really good perspective. I mean, yes, there's there's a lot of moving parts in this uh, scenario. One of those moving parts is a giant multi-billion dollar industry that requires you to watch TV uh, late at night and be told that a certain medication might be for you. So, uh, yes, he makes a really good point. It's kind of like uh, grass-fed animals or freaking gluten-free you gotta like you gotta look at where that stuff's coming from sometimes and make uh smart decisions about who's telling you the truth we have a caller on the line who is this hey this is jamie well hello jamie welcome to the show Hello. good to have you here <laughs> okay so i don't have six kids or any kids but i do have a background in biology mm. and one of the classes i had to take as required by my major is microbiology and so a big unit in that class is all about infectious disease and vaccinations and everything. And, like, ugh, it just kills me. It kills me when I hear people like, oh, we're not doing it because of this. And I'm like, no, you are, like, whooping cough is a big problem in the United States. Mm. And it kills babies. Yeah. What is part of your DPT? Diphtheria, pertussis. Pertussis is the big one that's whooping cough. Mm. So if you don't vaccinate your kids for that, you can spread it, mm. and it's very infectious. Yeah, I also. Um, what's funny? When, so my kid, one of my kids, had uh, whooping cough or a form of it. She was vaccinated for it, but she still got this thing. I know a lot of people talk about, oh, that's probably RSV or RVS or whatever the hell that was called. Mm -hmm. um, there's different kinds and stuff that you know, it, uh, respiratory stuff that affects kids more than it does adults or or teens. And it was horrific. Like she, we had to, we had to have her in the hospital. She was on a respirator for a while. Like we really were worried about where that was heading and it was heading there quick. And she was like three and it was like awful. Why I, and again, right. here's Scott throwing his opinion out there again, but again, it's backed with lots of science. Why would I ever, ever want to put my kid at risk for dying at age three out of a fear that is not founded and that that it was never that was never an option for me as a parent like i remember some well, of our the, some of our friends were like well i'm not vaccinating and i remember thinking all right well maybe our kids won't be playing together as much and now you get into all those social things about who vaccinates and who doesn't and who gets to play at whose house 
Anyway, so go ahead. It's a big double-edged sword. Yeah. So if you, like, one of the things that is a big thing is mutation. So um, to set the standard, United States is one of the few countries in the world, very few countries in the world, that does not vaccinate against tuberculosis. And, you know, we think like, oh, in the Western days, oh, that consumption is going to kill you. Yeah. Um, most countries do vaccinate against it, but the United States does not. Mm. And we had to write a big paper about, like, do you think this is right or wrong? And, you know, use your research and everything to back it up. And um, part of me thinks maybe the United States should, especially, like, what's, what's the one test you have to get when you go to college? A TV time test. Mm-hmm to make sure that you're not bringing TV into a closed environment where everybody's living close together and hygiene may or may not be a priority for some people and disease can spread. So, I mean, do you do what's better for the individual on one hand, or do you do what's better for the world or the population at large? Right. And then who do you trust as to see, Justin, this is where the, this gets hung up for me is who are your sources? So, if I say, if I say, well, I want to do what's better for the world. Well, now I have to trust. I have to trust entities in the world that are telling me what how to do it. And people well, balk yeah. on that, so especially Americans. We're like, no, man, don't tell me what to do. I'll live in a, I'll live in a treehouse before I bow down to your, whatever. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of our thing. Well, and and you know, uh, many times to our benefit. Right. And, and and this is one of those things that is very unique in that when you get into a question of herd immunity, then whether or not you personally think this is right matters to, on the whole. Mm-hmm. You know, that that, you know, the argument for vaccination laws are the same arguments for building codes that just because you don't want to spend the extra amount of money on these, you know, certainly uh, certain rated beams uh, doesn't mean you get to cheap out. Because your building might collapse into my building, and and that ain't cool. Mm. Yeah, good comparison actually. Uh, let's take a oh, that one came and went really fast. So if they if you just call call back, uh, sometimes we're answering questions that take us longer to answer. So you just keep calling if it hits voicemail or whatever. Uh, don't worry about it. There's a bigger issue here, and somebody in the chat room mentioned it, and I always think of this too. About why is it we're buying into what a celebrity tells us? There's a whole different show probably, okay? But yeah. celebrities telling us what to do <laughs> uh, somehow creates an effective uh, method of letting people or having people do what they're going to do. We'll talk more about that in a second. But first, this call from who's this? Hi, this is Stephanie Ray, and I'm in Canada. Well, hello, Stephanie oh. Ray from Canada. What's up, Stephanie Ray? Yeah, we like, uh, you That's know what, great. a good... That always thinks I'm from California, I know. but I'm actually from Canada. Because you, like <laughs> you sound like a fun, sun-loving Californian for some reason to me. I don't know why. Sure, let's go with that. It's minus 11 degrees Celsius here and snowing, but, you know, California for the win. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell us what's <laughs> totally, on uh, your totally mind. tubular. Yeah, and give us, a, give us a Canadian perspective on this, if you would. Well, um, we have a lot of similar rules to the states. We do uh, vaccinate for certain things, but it's not mandatory. Um, I have two children. I have vaccinated them both fully. Now, here's where my personal controversy kind of comes in. Something like the flu shot comes up. Now, it's not mandatory here, and people think that it should be. I don't always get the flu shot for my kids. Mm. I don't always think it's appropriate. I don't always think it's going to work. But I do believe in vaccinations. 
where is the difference drawn between the two mm. sometimes? Mm. I oh, totally Stephanie. believe in the vaccinations. <laughs> I don't always believe in the flu shot. Stephanie. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to be able to get through this entire episode without doing this, but now I'm going to have to. Uh -oh. Now I'm going to have to do it. Uh -oh. I'm going right. to have to do it. All right. Stephanie, uh, this is a big issue. This has been a fight, a real fight between me and my wife since we've been living together. Mm. I don't get a flu shot, mm. and I don't believe I should, and I don't want to, and it is an actual like all but physical, like, like uh, uh, heated words, L uh, voices have been raised about the flu shot. But and I know that it is just hokey ass. Uh, uh, well, I ain't never getting sick. Like I don't get sick normally. Why do I want to mess with a good thing? And she yells, "Herd immunity! You're getting other people sick, you idiot!" Uh, that's a that's a great impression of my. <laughs> yeah, life. yeah, it's really um, good, really quality stuff there. But uh, but no, love that. this is a huge. <laughs> Thing. This is this is, has been a thing for uh, uh for for forever. So yeah, uh, send send your hate mail unfriendmeshow at gmail .com and yell at me about getting a blue shot. Yeah, I'll say this, Stephanie Ray. Um, I so I've been getting. I I was there was a big chunk of time where I was like, eh, I don't need flu shots, but I always seem to get the flu, and it was always kind of gnarly. And I remember I had one for fourteen days. It was just about like the death of me, and it was that was like oh eight. And from 2010 forward, I started getting flu shots. And what I noticed was, A, I never got, everyone, there was always those things, oh, you're going to get the, the, a small version of the flu if you get the shot. I never did. Uh, I haven't had that level of flu. I've had a cold here and there, but never had like the full-blown 10-day fever. Uh, oh, my gosh, his kidneys are shutting down level, like horrible flu. Uh, since then, and here's the funny thing. On the other end of this, I get it every year now. I never get that sick anymore. And I think it's working, but I actually don't know. I really don't know. And neither does anyone else. Like, they're aiming at the most common, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that's the most common for that year. Like, they'll get together, the CDC, everybody else, and go, all right, well, what's the big one this year? Oh, it's three hey, what's fun. hot? What, what's yeah, real? What, 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 what's the, yeah, what, what's what's the up and comers? Who's the, <laughs> yeah. who's, the, who's, the, who's the Cardi B of flu strains this year? Exactly. And then, they, and then they aim for that one, but they don't necessarily, that may not ever come my way and some other horrible one might. So, so I know that it's probably, you know, half the time is probably not doing anything for me. And maybe, maybe half or I, again, these numbers are arbitrary, but maybe there's some other time where it is. So I totally get where you're coming from. And when it comes to kids, like me as an adult, I don't care. Give me the flu shot. Let's go. But as kids, I don't know. Like, that's a hard call. Uh, so I think you brought up a really good point, And it's connected to all this, whether whether people thought it was or not, whether it's not connected to this, to this uh, autism thing or, or, you know, the direct controversy. Parents wanting to subject their kids to injections and pills and whatever. It's a, it's a valid It's a valid thing. Uh, we're talking about. Yeah. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Michael uh, Dice Tomato in the chat room. How hey, you man. Going? Hey, good. How are you? Uh... <laughs> what you? Oh, you said what's up. I thought he went. <laughs> I thought he said Mah! like he was about to hang up on you or something. But what you're up? Fine. No, yeah. what up? Go, go, go. Oh, okay, go, that's go, what I thought I heard tomato. too. <laughs> Doing good. Um, okay, a little bit of background first. Um, father uh, is a pediatrician. Been a pediatrician since far back as I can remember. Um, and this is always the thing that he had to deal with as far as anti-vaxxers because, you know, it happened to deal with people's kids. 
And, uh, you know, going through the whole thing about uh, how a lot of the parents would, would complain about specifically the, the autism issue. And that's partially because, you know, you have, uh, you have medical, um, oh, what are they called, uh, tests where they have to test out these vaccines on these kids. And they have to write down essentially everything that happens. And autism comes up in some cases because, I mean, these kids had autism anyway, so that was a, you know, you ever get that list that this may, uh, side effects may include, you know, yada, 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 this and that, and anal bleeding and all that and stuff. That's because somebody somewhere in their test may have had that issue. And they have to report so it. They have to report it. Why. Yeah. They, they, when they, so, yeah, they yeah, have to report that. Yeah. No matter what it is, like if I'm, if, if there's, if somebody in a test for a new version of ibuprofen, uh, reported that they had three-day diarrhea during the trial. It has to be yeah. part of the and, report. And, and, and then, meanwhile, it's just going to go in those B, like the B-roll of the of the the medicine commercials. Right. You know, where it's like exactly. It's always, it's always like the one lady who's b- baking a pizza, mm-hmm. and but she's like she's just like there with the raw <laughs> dough at the beginning when she's talking about like I used to have my jaw fall off because of some sickness, <laughs> and then I got this uh, medicine, and then it's like. She bakes the entire pizza while they're going over, like, uh, jaw not falling off the pill might cause your face to melt and your eyeballs to shoot out like a cartoon yeah, and anal bleeding. And yeah. that's, that's also been partially uh, uh, a big issue with uh, which with the H- HPV vaccine, which I, have you guys covered that yet? I've missed the not on Not on here, but it's, no. it's interesting because we, we were, uh, I remember when this came up with my, my daughters, very specifically, they were, uh, many voices saying, encouraging, get get your kids the HPV virus uh, inj- or, uh, immunization. Right. And if you don't, you're leaving them subjected and, to and, special cancers and stuff. And I remember thinking at the time, well, yeah, I'll do this. Let's right. let's do this. And it turns out all these years later, it was if your kids were sexually active. Well, as best I can tell, yeah. mine weren't. But who the hell knows? Don't be one of those parents that's like, oh, never my kid. They're not doing anything weird. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and, and, you know, my father constantly had to deal with those parents, too, that, you know, kids will do things that you aren't going to know. And to give them that much more to sort of help them out just in case they come into any issues like that, I mean, there's there can never really be anything wrong with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, look, flu shots, immunization shots, freaking, what's another thing that falls in this category? Um I can't think of another thing. What's another doctor thing that we all think, well, maybe we should do it, maybe we shouldn't. Oh, like x-rays. Remember when x-rays, not x-rays, but like MRIs and stuff. Like I remember when I got my first MRI, it was for a thing that turned out to be nothing, but it was a, you know, kind of a safety check for my doctor. And I talked to people then that were like, oh, dude, don't go into those. Why? Oh, they're they're looking for cancers, but they'll give you cancers. Like, well, what? Yeah, it'll give you like all kinds of bone cancer and you're going to get like uh, tumors in your brain and stuff from going to that MRI. And um, it felt like the same kind of hysteria. It was based on like kind of nothing. Yeah, well, I I don't know that that I feel like uh, was kind of gone by the time that I was a kid. Oh, it was it was it was down to like uh, a stand up comedian hackery of like like why do they put the the bib on you and then the doctor leaves the room and then they shoot these rays in your face. <laughs> anyway, waka waka, what's up with Dukakis? Yeah, that's a pretty good pretty good Seinfeld you just kind of pulled off there. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Robert in Orlando. Hello, Robert in Orlando, Florida. What can we do for you? Or what's on your mind? 
So I want to bring up, you know, we talk about how vaccines, should they be mandatory? Shouldn't they be mandatory? And I vaguely remember, now granted I was probably five at the time, so we're talking 30 years ago. I think vaccinations were mandatory when I was going to attend public school Mm. when I was younger. In fact, I'm hoping that's the case because I actually need the record to prove I was vaccinated when I'm because I'm transferring colleges next year, and they require the MMR vaccination to register for classes. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was required when I was a kid as well. I guess I don't understand the the current thing. Is it still required, but then just parents are just rebelling against the requirement, or is it? It's like, yeah, yeah, I got my kid vaccinated. Sure, sure yeah, yeah, he's already done. Show us the papers. No. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, yeah, I, I guess they got <laughs> lost in the flood. Uh, I wonder about that. I don't know what the current lega- legality is. I, I guess that's something we could have looked up for this, but I hadn't thought about that. I just assumed it was always a choice. But now that you say it, I'm almost sure when I was a kid and when my little my kids were little, this was something you just had to do. And maybe I just thought that was true because Kim was gung ho and made sure it happened on time. But I felt like I was I was doing a thing that was required by law. But I don't know. Hmm. Right. And I'm, I don't think they should be mandatory. Mm. You know, I mean, it's highly recommended. I, I would never say don't get your kid vaccinated. They should be. But like, well, so again, it, 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 it kind of comes back to what, what laws are in general. Like law, laws are not strongly worded suggestions. Right. Laws are we can arrest you or fine you if you don't do it. Right. And, and right. that's There's some where, sort of sanction for not for, for not doing it. Right. Yeah. Like like that's that's what like we can as the state, we can take away your money or we can or we can take away your freedom if you do not comply with this. And, you know, I think very often we kind of get into these conversations where we don't fully realize that we don't re- fully realize that that's what a law is. That's you know, that that it is a mandate by the state to enforce this by by whatever means they have. I just thought of a new uh, a potential episode in the future we could do on draft. Uh, if there's a draft for a war and you are a conscientious objector or you say your religion for, for, uh, forbids it, like that's fascinating stuff to me. Like at what point do you say, uh, this is a law and you'll be thrown in jail if you don't do it. Oh, but our freedom of religion trumps that because oh, I hate using that word Trump anymore. Anyway, it trumps that because we think that's more important. And if you say your religion doesn't allow for blood transfusions or doesn't allow for whatever it is, then you're, you're immune to that. And how that, how a society actually handles that is interesting to me. That might be a fun one in the future. Today. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I think I would, I would love to tackle that because if we just look at religious exemptions, you know, uh, it'd be curious to see where, where that is most used, where, where people most take religious exemptions now. And you just said it perfectly. That's the sub- subject is religious exemptions. Is it just taxes? What else is it like? And how far should it go or could it go? Freedom religion is me worshiping who or what or whatever I may. But is it also me saying, well, I worship uh, Justin's formidable penis and I need to yep. kneel to it every Saturday and say a quick prayer to it. Like at what point am I? fake <laughs> what point am i making that up and when, what point do you have to respect it like it's that's interesting to me it's pretty formidable <laughs> uh i think it's gonna do it for the show today you guys were awesome man your calls are just insane uh, yeah Aunt, thank uh, you we thought this vax thing was gonna be not the biggest 
thing, but it turned out to be way bigger and way more thoughtful. A lot of stuff before the show now, and I'm sure we'll get feedback after. Justin, remind people where they can send that feedback and maybe even feature it in next week's pre-show or uh, early Unfriend show. me show at gmail.com is where you can send in your uh, mail. And I'll tell you what, man, we might be getting to a point where where we start doing some uh, some mailbag episodes and going back uh, into the archives because here is something that I did not anticipate when we started doing this show is as a podcast that is evergreen. You know, we, we don't do a ton that is super in, in the news. And if we do, we're taking a historical look at it anyway. Yeah. Uh, is that people keep emailing in as they find the show and they keep uh, uh, having their opinions. So we got a ton of new emails on gun control and on uh, health care and standing for the anthem. And I'm sure we'll get more and more on this as we go along. So number one, uh, tell a friend about this show. Uh, do us a favor. I know so we, we don't have a lot of ratings on iTunes. So if, if you have a, a, a chance to go over on iTunes and give us a, a, a five-star rating and, and leave us a review, which would be greatly, greatly appreciated if you do enjoy the show. If you don't, then forget I said it. Yeah, forget you said anything. Uh, if you're using Google Play, that's great. Do it there. If you're using uh, Stitcher or wherever the hell this thing's playing for you, uh, reviews are awesome everywhere you go, especially on iTunes. It really helps us uh, kind of get noticed and get more people listening hey, to the uh, show. Hey, Scott, Scott, wait. Well, watch with that music there. You need to go into the list and pick out uh, what oh. you want to submit to the populace. Oh, it's happening. Uh, let's see. Let's get to the list unless, here. Unless, I'll tell you what. We can do religious exemptions if you want. We ought to put that on the list at least. Whether or not we do it next is a good question, but let's have a vote uh, like we do every week. I'm going to submit... Um, I'm going to submit online harassment... Is, All it, right. is it harassment if someone you'll never meet potentially calls you something online? That's my pick. Well, online online harassment. harassment. That means that we're going to get into Gamergate. It means we're going to get into uh, uh, all of uh, you know the Twitter controversies, uh, banning people, blocking people. Uh, that'll all go in there. And, and I'm, I mean, I just keep, you always just pick better than I do because... <laughs> I already picked. Uh, uh, I'm going to do Native American sports team names. We, we've already had it. We've already had both of these, actually. These are both one-time losers. So uh, so go ahead, and uh, we will put that up today on our Twitter accounts. That is at Justin R. Young and at Scott Johnson. That is correct. Again, the email address is unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Please use it. Send in your stuff. Let us know how you're feeling and suggest future topics if that is what you're inclined to do. Uh, great show today, guys, everybody. Thank you guys so much. If you want more information about the show, go to frogpants.com slash unfriend me for me and for Justin. We'll see you next time. See you, unfriends. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>